0: Welcome to Sugar Free TV Um, this episode we are so excited and honored to have with us today Dr Ifland and and we are incredibly excited about this episode. This is going to blow the lid on so much information and um, we just can't wait. So with that said um, I'm going to make way for Dr Ifland Welcome to Sweet Liberation, living the sweet life without sugar.
1: Join us as we explore a world of sweetness beyond sugar where health meets flavor.
0: I'm Nabeena Gutierrez,
1: And I'm Luke Goddard.
0: We're on a mission to break free from the sugar trap and show you how sweet life can be.
1: Uncover science, stories, and secrets for a rewarding sugar-free lifestyle.
0: Meet experts and entrepreneurs who've embraced sweet liberation.
1: Discover benefits, success stories, and wellness while chasing dreams.
0: Embrace sweet liberation. Let's begin. Thank you so much for joining us today, Doctor. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate the work you're doing, and just thank you for letting me be a part of it. Amazing, amazing. So we're so excited because we want to make this an amazing and important resource for information for people across the world to um, to have intelligent discussions with each other and hear us do the same so that yeah. we can really blow the lid on what's happening with food, with nutrition and with family life across the world and uh, some of the worrying trends that we're seeing. So yeah. I'll give the way uh, for, for you to uh, introduce your work, Dr., uh, Dr. Ifland and tell us a little bit about some of the things that you have found.
2: Okay, well, it's been a long journey I got off of sugars and flowers, um, not for the last time I wish I could say, but twenty seven years ago, I did it for the first time. And it was shocking. I had been I was raised in a traumatizing household where the adults had very short tempers, a lot of um, abrupt and violent behavior mixed in with neglect. When I had my own children, I was determined that that would not happen to them. Nonetheless, I would fly into rages, and it just was horrifying. I didn't like myself. I would be watching myself rage and wishing it would stop. And um, I did personal therapy, and then I did a women's group, and then I did the first of my four 12-step groups. And I learned a lot about the trauma that I endured. I learned a lot of um, how to take somebody back to traumatic events. I learned about a codependency, but none of it stopped the raging. So I was also yo-yo dieting through that period. I'd had two children in two years. And um, it was about the same time that the processed food industry started using high fructose
3: corn syrup, which is very addictive and very fattening. Sorry. Um, And I needed
2: to lose weight one more time, you know, in that cycle. So it was actually somebody in the codependency group that suggested maybe I would like to look into food addicts and recovery. And she didn't tell me why. So the first time she approached me, I was in a thin phase, but the second time I had regained the weight. And I thought, well, at least I'll get the book and learn the food plan, which I did. It was just elimination of sugars and flours. So the miracle started rolling in on day four. My craving stopped, which I didn't even know was possible. I didn't know that you could possibly not think about food all the time because I can remember my first memory as a a child was trying to con an ice cream guy into giving me a free sample. So I was addicted from my first memory. And then um, the bloating stopped and the brain fog stopped and the fatigue stopped. I didn't know I had those things because they had crept in over the years, but then they stopped on day four. People think, oh, you're gonna have to wait for results. No, oh no. When you start giving up processed foods, you get results within days and they're huge. The next week, my allergies were better and a lifelong sinus infection cleared up. But it was in the third week that I really got. It's just a life changing moment. And I realized that in three weeks, I hadn't yelled at my family. I just standing in my kitchen thought, well, nobody's really been bad. And I haven't had to yell at anybody. And in just that split second, I knew it wasn't about them. It was something to do with the food. Now, today, we know, thanks to a brilliant researcher at University of Boston, that processed foods hyperactivate uh, adrenaline. And it's an up and a down. And it destabilizes glucose, so up and down. It destabilizes all of the feel-good pathways in the brain. Um, Processed foods destabilize dopamine, serotonin, opioid, and cannabinoid pathways in the brain, all of them, all of the addictive pathways. And they wear those pathways out so people become depressed because simply because there's a mechanical block blockage in their brain. Yes, mood has a lot to do with childhood issues, but that's not what most people are dealing with today. They're dealing with chemical reactions in their brain that processed foods create, and they're dealing with physical, it's called down regulation, but you think of it like a collapsed tunnel. There's a physical blockage in the pathways that make people feel good in the brain. And this is, and then, and you go to, so you go to a therapist and you think, okay, I'm going to work on all my childhood issues. I'm going to do every other, and then I'm going to feel better and I won't overeat anymore. Not. That will not happen. As long as you have the physical collapse of your feel-good pathways, and your are eating processed foods or being triggered by processed food cues, reminders, signals, your brain will continue to make you feel crummy, uh, depressed, anxious, irritable, shamed. Um it's there are mechanical and chemical reactions in the brain that do not have to do with real life as it's happening or childhood trauma yeah so there are many many discoveries along the way I went from there I wrote a popular book I tried to get on tv I was told I needed a degree in my field so I went and got one I got a a PhD in addictive nutrition But more importantly, I had a business background already. I have an MBA. It's from Stanford. It's kind of one of those irrational things. I had no business getting into Stanford Business School, but there I was. And so I am a student of business models. And I've published on the addiction business model. I did my PhD. I uh, published some papers and chapters afterwards. Uh, fast forward to 2014, uh, my dad has died and I have been, uh, I knew it was in my inbox, uh, an offer from a textbook company, CRC Press, to write the textbook for process processed food addiction. My dad died, he left me enough money to live on, and I finally responded to the contract and said, yes, I'll write it. I needed to move back to the town where I grew up to look after my stepmom, get her through the end of her life. It freed up three years full time to do the research. Uh, this, the textbook has over 2,000 citations. I wrote about 70% of the textbook. I got experts to write the other 30%. Altogether, the book is built. Inch by inch by inch on one study after another study. And the big findings are
3: the findings that inform everything else that I've ever done are that it's a severe addiction commonly.
2: So the American Psychiatric Association has 11 diagnostic criteria for addictions. Most people in the United States, over 80%, meet six of those 11 criteria. And that is the threshold for a severe addiction. So you know, I'm writing, I'm writing along, I'm writing, 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 I'm writing one full chapter on each of the criteria. And I write chapter one unintended use. Yeah, everybody has that. Oh, here's all the evidence here, are all the studies showing everybody uses when they don't intend to Oh, failure to come back, cut back. Oh, that's number two. Everybody's got that Uh, time spent. uh, Everybody's got more and more time spent on this. And then um, number four is cravings. Cravings correlate with uh, body mass index or weight. And then use in spite of knowledge of consequences. 93% of Americans have high triglycerides, cholesterol, glucose blood pressure, or waist-to-hip ratio, 93%. And then um, tolerance, using more and more over time. And you just see it, that, that people in North America, there's some Canadian studies, some US studies, people are eating a greater percentage of their calories in processed foods over time. And then, so that's six. And then on top of that, there is a withdrawal syndrome and uh, people are experiencing headaches, depression, irritability, fatigue related to withdrawal. Withdrawal. So you have 80% of the US uh, experiencing severe addiction. So that is a huge breakthrough and understanding because then you know what is the correct level of care. And for severe addictions, you go away to residential treatment for a couple of years. You wanna make sure that that brain is protected from cueing. It's not just use, but a stimulation, a reminder, a signal um, can set off the flood of cravings. And then your behavior is being controlled by the addicted part of the brain and the rational front lobe, <clears throat> frontal lobe <clears throat> is not getting enough blood supply to, to work. So you have to not just protect the person from the substance, you have to protect the person from reminders that will set off that flood. And you have to put them in an environment where they can't get it. So that if they do accidentally get a flood, a, rem- a memory can even st- set
3: it off. That they won't be able to hurt themselves. Okay, great. Okay, cool. Okay, we know what
2: to do now. And we know that, let's see, what's 80% of 350 million people in the US alone? Huh. You know, what that looks like what I don't know. I didn't I've never even thought about it. so 20% would be 70. So that would be 280 Um, million people,
3: right? Yeah, 280. (laughs) And we're not sending 280
2: million people to residential care for two years. Uh, So I thought, this is is 2017, 2016, and I already start to think, well, what are the facilities online? Well, there are chat rooms. Um, But it, it just really didn't look very hopeful. And then the other thing I discovered in the textbook is that people are deeply traumatized. They've, um, So they've grown up in addicted brains because the tobacco industry, once they got a hold of processed foods, immediately attacked children with sugar, sugar being more addictive than cocaine or heroin. Yes. But we've got the rat studies on that. You grow up in addicted to brain and people expect you to do things as a child you can't do because your brain is addicted. You're just controlled by cravings. And you're tired and you're sick. I mean, we have an epidemic of fatty liver among children here. So, not only is the child traumatized by not being able to do things they're supposed to do, they're also not gaining life skills. Their brain's not set up for it. They have learning disabilities, their, their memory is poor, they have attention deficits because that frontal lobe is not getting enough blood supply. The blood's going back to the addicted areas and the stress areas of the brain. Uh, I'm sorry, I was outside all weekend among flowering trees. Okay, so um, fortunately, at the end of 2017, Zoom came along. Mm. And I immediately thought, oh, we could do intensive outpatient peer support uh, over Zoom. And I had had, I already had in place a daily phone call, which wasn't nearly enough to deal with a severe addiction. So I recruited those volunteers. We got on Zoom. Nobody in the room at the beginning of that day had had a clean day of eating in 20 years, 30 years, decades. They had all been struggling and I had been giving them this daily phone call, which was
3: not enough. And by the end of the day, that very first day, They'd all had a clean day, right? They'd all had a clean day, and I was shocked. Now, at
2: that point, I had been trying for twenty-two years to find a reliable method, and then once I saw that, once I saw in the chapters of the textbook that um, this is a severe addiction. I knew why nothing I had done worked and why nothing else works and why weight loss doesn't work and why eating disorder treatment doesn't work. That's not how you treat a severe addiction. So we immediately started. Um, that week, everybody stayed clean for a week. The next week, we had paid people from the outside. and The same thing happened. And so over the next five and a half years until today, we've built an online community. We broadcast over Zoom 15 to 17 hours a day around the world. I love your world map behind you, Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, we have teams that in, in my day, I'm on the West Coast of the US. So the middle of my world starts in the UK, <laughs> Europe and Africa. So they start my day, at I don't know, three o'clock in the morning. I don't get up. I just know they're broadcasting, mm-hmm. and then it comes across the east coast of the U.S., the west coast of the U.S., and and all the Americas, and then back to Australia and the Pacific, and then back to uh, the U.K. and Africa and Europe. Incredible! So, what well, the cool thing about this is that somebody can open a screen anywhere in the world, any time of day. If we're taking a break, you know, we we broadcast for a block and then we take a break, they can go into the library and get out a video or they can listen to a recorded conference call. We record a conference call every 24 hours. So the here's the important thing is even if they do get jolted and they have cravings, what research shows is that if you join your community, if you if you walk into your tribe, your clan, You get an oxytocin release, and oxytocin is a hormone that travels to the dopamine pathways and stabilizes the dopamine pathways. So, this is the easiest way I've ever heard of or I've ever seen for somebody to stop a craving and get control of their behavior. Just freaking, you know, zooms on cell phones, just freaking open up a a cell phone, get on Zoom, boom, you're safe. It's so much easier now yeah so that's what i've been up to yeah.
3: mm-hmm.
0: i mean i'm just I, I, I i'm gonna let luke i'm i need to gather my thoughts and my I, i'm just breathless by this incredible luke i'm still yeah.
1: Uh, no, absolutely amazing. And um, as you know, in terms of the, uh, you know, where do you think that some of the, you know, obviously we talked about the children, and that's something that's very close to our hearts. Um, you, you know, how, uh, what do you see the sort of steps for young people and and adults to sort of be doing? How do they start breaking away from the the patterns? That's the yeah.
2: You just um, there's some good parallels. Mm. Uh, cigarettes. You know, who smokes in front of their children anymore?
1: Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Sugar
2: and sugar is not the only it's processed foods. Sugar, flour, gluten, gluten has a natural morphine in it. Yes. Um, excessive salt, dairy has four different kinds of morphine in it, naturally occurring. Right. Uh, excessive fats. We've gotten a good new research that eating too much fat will, um, trigger sensitize the same pathway as cannabis the cannabinoid pathway and then of course caffeine and then food additives these these people are ruthless and they hide things in our food so the first thing to do is to become aware
3: Mm.
2: and uh you guys can just clip this out if it's not appropriate but uh, a good place to start is with our facebook group food addiction education
3: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, go in I,
0: there. Could not agree more. I mean, um, first of all, I just want to say, wow, uh, this is amazing. Um, we're so so blessed that you've come um, to speak with us today, and because we hope that this is going to be a resource and an awakening of people, we yeah. we are starting a sweet revolution. We believe that we need to blow the lid on this. Uh, industries industries that are keeping us sick and addicted to foods that are yep. making us sick yep. and killing us slowly and painfully and particularly it's, so bad. it's just it's so bad out there the more you uncover the more you see this kind of horrendous um yeah. very um and and the parallels you're saying that probably the same industries I can imagine that if we start to uncover where the money's come from, as we're seeing the tailing off of the um, tobacco industries and the uh, the up uh, cycle of the, uh, you know, the trend upwards of the sugar industries. I mean, those are no, no accidents, are they? Um, and that we're no.
2: Allowed- They No, um, in the US, the courts require the tobacco companies to put hundreds of thousands of document internal documents on deposit. So when Tobacco Tobacco bought Kraft Nabisco and General Foods in 3 short years 1985 to 1988 and this is why you know you, you kind of need a, a business background to understand nutrition today yeah so when they did that they brought a very specific addiction business model with them And I've written a paper on this, uh, the addiction business model. It's used by alcohol, certainly by tobacco, by the vaping companies, by the cannabis companies, um, by the alcohol companies. And now the processed food industry uses it. So uh, it's a very specific business model. It has steps and it has components. And you do those things and you get people addicted. So they very—it's explicitly described in the internal documents. When these tobacco executives got a hold of the processed food industries, they told those processed food executives how to do this, how to addict children to sugar. They took the Marlboro Country Store addiction mechanism where you persuade people to smoke because you make it sexy and rebellious and masculine and then you put a coupon on the package so they'll buy more because they can send in for free stuff and it's so cool and then what they're sending in for are cues triggers reminders stimulation so that when um, when you put your hand in your pocket you feel your Marlboro lighter and you immediately set off Those craving pathways. And now you're going to the store to get cigarettes, but you weren't going to do that until you touch that lighter. They that's the exact and they they describe this explicitly in the internal documents and how they took this addiction mechanism, the Marlboro Country Store, and transformed it into the wacky warehouse of Kool-Aid for children. It's chilling it's showing
0: i mean this is an industry that we see goes all the way back to slavery and you know the the dark 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 roots of the sugar industries and the food industries and how they are you know in bed with the pharmaceutical industries and you know as people wake up and this is the amazing thing i think that we have now um, you know at, at our fingertips is the internet for us to be able to communicate with each other and forge communities um, and um, have conversations about these things so we're better informed. I think that is is going to be a weakening of those industries as people wake up to the reality. Of-
2: yeah, the only thing that we, I think we can do, so I would say you asked what are the first steps. Please mm-hmm. go to processedfoodaddiction.com mm-hmm. and take the self-quiz. It mm-hmm. is those 11 criteria. Yeah. And people, they're they're enormously relieved by taking that self-quiz and seeing, oh, I don't have an eating disorder. No, I'm not weak-willed. No, I'm not lazy. No, I do want it enough. I've just never been in an addiction recovery program. I've been in weight loss programs and eating disorder programs and therapy, childhood trauma program. No, it's not the issue. Those yeah. are, they can be present mm-hmm. in the addiction But the addiction requires very, it it requires immersion. You've got to block out that cueing and you've got to replace it with a lot of kindness. Mm -hmm. And that's what we train in. We train our own managers and we call them ARC managers. Well, they're ARC managers and we call it the AMT, ARC manager training. You don't have to be headed to be an ARC manager. You could be a professional just wanting to to know how to deal with these people. People know. You know, nurses come into our program. They come in because they know they're missing something. They know there's a missing link. Mm -hmm. They know that their patients are good hearted, trying really hard. And yet the diabetes is getting worse or the weight keeps coming on. These these nurses, doctors, physicians, assistants, psychiatrists, therapists, they turn to us to find out how to talk to people, what to do with them. Mm -hmm. So these are the,
3: this is. I want to train an army. Absolutely. I want to train an army. The,
2: the, the parallel that I keep kind of coming back to. And just hoping that I can do this. Is when I got out of college in 1974. And here in the U S we'd had the civil rights movement. And the anti-war movement successful.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And, um, Everybody wanted to be a lawyer. They all went to law school. There were way too many lawyers, not enough jobs. So lawyers put out, created their own businesses. And what did they do? They advised people in the US on how to sue. What are your rights? What can you sue for? What can you reclaim? What damages? And so we, the US became a litigious society. Why? Oh, well, because we have too many lawyers. So I want to have t- too many processed food addiction specialists yeah. out there that just need to put out their single uh, no, no, we will actually get people jobs. We have more people coming in and wanting our programs than we have managers. Wow. So that's the other thing is if somebody comes and trains with us, we mm. will give them a job. That's we easy. want to create influencers. You're asking me, do I ever see any hope, really? And it's because we've created a method for creating influencers. Absolutely. So if a nurse comes into our training program, she can train, learn how to talk to her patients. But she can also, we can also set her up to give workshops and educate and become an influencer in the nursing field. So we have a naturopath in the naturopathic field in the physical therapy field, in the gymnast field, in the culinary teaching field, in the speech pathology field. There's nobody in these fields talking about processed foods and what what they do to the patients in each of those fields or the members of those fields. Mm -hmm. So this is, is, I'm actually, even though the problem just gets so mercilessly, mercilessly worse, Every year now, I'm looking at the combination of processed foods, which come in plastic packaging. Oh gosh! And plastics are an, uh, shown to be an endocrine disruptor as well as a metabolism disruptor. What happens when you put those disruptors and you mix them? In, it's just like you just think it's bad. And you've really I mean, gotten to the depth of it, and then it gets deeper. But I want—that's what I—I th- I want to have. I want to have all fields, all medical fields. You're a midwife. We need a food addiction advocate in the midwifery field. I want every field to have an influencer, well trained, science-based, mm. and I think that's what will tip this.
0: This is amazing. I mean, uh, my heart is just—you uh, know—exploding. I can see Luke smiling mm. over there and just uh, amazing. You know, it's incredible yeah. isn't it and one of the things um I, we i've noted in my clinics i mean i've sort of taken a step aside from midwifery work and, and and you know the frustration of not being able to give enough time to each of our you know of the women mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. one of the things that you said which just blew my mind is is the importance of connection and the importance uh-huh.
3: of the community.
0: Uh-huh. because as a midwife i'm i very much geek out on everything to do with oxytocin and connection, because that is just the primal, you know, the primal source that brings people, humans together. From the moment they're born, we help the mother connect with her baby skin to skin. And I, you know, that is one of the things that I'm very passionate about and the simplicity of it. And yet the profound, uh, the profound consequences when we support people to go back to basics and connecting with each other,
2: Mhm. Mm. Amazing if they can, you know, if, but if their head is suffering from intense cravings and brain fog and fatigue, they're going to go home. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they are they we see a huge decline in the amount of volunteering and evening activities that people mm-hmm. are engaged in
3: mm-hmm. and
2: a huge increase in isolation.
3: isolation.
2: More than half of the adults in the US now live alone. Yeah. So, um, but I think that is you know, Americans are eating seventy three percent of their food in processed foods, which the body incorporates like drugs. Yes. So you think you know Americans are eating well over a pound per person per day of drugs, yeah, that they think are foods
3: really. no,
2: they're they're drugs. they're drugs. so the ability of one person to connect to another person, it just physiologically just like the, listen to and understand what they're saying it's decreasing all the time mm-hmm. and then the overwhelm like maybe you do hear what the other person is saying and you're overwhelmed by needing meeting their needs mm-hmm. it's because of their frontal lobe impairment uh, cognitive impairment mm-hmm. yeah so it's just like i know my kids years and years ago mom War is not related to processed foods. Yes, it is. And I can tell you. No, no, no. Stop talking. Just stop talking. (laughs) But I think (laughs) everything is related to, I mean, even the bad behavior we see in the United States, um, processed foods make people crazy. Yeah. It's not surprising at all. You would expect to see masses of people acting crazy if indeed they're eating 73% of their food in mood altering substances destabilizing substances yeah anyway
0: so we need a radical a radical movement by the sounds of it you you are an ally in our revolution here
2: <laughs> very much totally totally we're on the same page i would just say one thing that if people get off of sugar but the addiction is not treated they'll go straight over to flour and then they get off the flour they'll go straight over to dairy they get off the dairy, they'll go straight over to the high fat keto treats. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, what we say to people is, look, it's a long list. They're all addictive and you take your time. But what I do think is a good idea is to get clean food in place. And I think I heard you say that at the beginning, if you can, if you eat three clean meals, like when I say clean, I mean, you can look and that plant still looks like it did when it was harvested. Yes. Um, you will start to make progress. Yes. And just also go back to when you get off sugar and flour alone, your results. I, I can remember this is 1996, 27 years ago. I just felt like I had won the lottery every day. Mm-hmm. You know something huge that I thought I would be living with for the rest of my life, but just go away. So go, I mean, just please go to processedfoodaddiction.com and take the self quiz oh my goodness. and just oh celebrate, celebrate that now you finally have an answer.
0: It's incredible. It's incredible. Um, I'm I'm so hopeful that I think as people wake up and they start to see that the solutions are not that complicated. They're you know. No. We've been, I think in a way, the scientific community that, you know, certainly I was brought up in and as a healthcare professional sort of made it very, very difficult for people to see the solutions and the solutions were right in front of us. They're very simple, very intuitive solutions that we are sort of we are we we genetically have in in us to be able to nourish our children if we just go back to that simplicity well Um, here's
2: here's the catch the catch is is that the dominating force in the brain is the urge the drive the compulsion to belong so whether you're an evolutionist or a creationist there's one big area in which they totally overlap which is you have to be in a tribe to survive. Yeah. Whether it's your neighboring tribe, enemy, or a wild animal, or just needing food, water, shelter, or surviving a drought, surviving uh, crop failures, you've gotta be in a tribe to do that. So you see you know Maslow's hierarchy at the bottom is food, water, shelter.
3: Yeah.
2: And there's another layer under that. And that is the tribe that's gonna get you the food, water, shelter. So how do you get a tribe to include you in its efforts to uh, to survive? You act like them. Mm-hmm. If they're going to look for food, you go to look for food.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: If they're sitting down around the campfire, you sit down with them. <laughs> so that drive to copy is dri- it's driven, it's created, by a whole network of very, very special brain cells all throughout the brain. And they are called mirror neurons because they draw, they will actually stimulate the brain cells, the, the muscle cells, et cetera, to make you act like the people around you. That is what was happening on January 1st, 2018, when we had our first day of Zoom. So here's one thing I'm very careful about. When I'm talking to the public, I'm talking about awareness. You know, this is the situation. This is what the tobacco companies did. This is what the food industry does today. This is what happened to you as a child. This is why the government doesn't do anything about it. This is what it does to your brain. So awareness, awareness, awareness. But if I'm going to tell somebody my ideas, uh, share my ideas about what to do, I'm not going to do that until they are protected inside a community because otherwise it's not fair. No. For me to say, do this, it'll work. If they're not, if their mirror neurons are still copying people who are eating processed foods and are sick and are taking a lot of medications and believe that's the only way to go, if they're, th- it's not fair. I'm not going to tell you do this because their brain is going to be pulling them over to do something quite different. Yes. But if they're in my community, oh my gosh, we're going to give them all the tips, all the skills. We teach, you know, over 150 skills because we know this addiction came on in childhood and you don't gain skills in an addicted brain. So we're parenting people uh, all the time. That's it's another reason why we have that 15 to 17 hours of programming a day, yes. you know, 365 days a year. So this, this is, you just got to be super careful. If you're surrounded by people who are eating clean, your brain will just float you right over to eating clean. And that whole battle, you know, I don't want to eat it. Oh, but the addiction. yeah, but it looks so good. No, 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 I really don't want to eat it. But she made it just for you. No, I mean, I know, no, no, it's okay. Just this once, it won't hurt this time. That battle is gone. Because the mirror neurons have taken over, you know, and it's a very different voice. You're going through the grocery store and you're like, you know, your hand is, is reaching out because grocery stores are engineered to mm-hmm. flood your brain with cravings and your hand on its own volition is going out to pick up something bad. This whole brand new voice comes on in the head says, we don't eat that. Mm-mm. Oh, we don't eat that. Yeah. And you're able to just walk on.
3: Yes. Mm-hmm. That's
2: mirror neuron activation. That's what works. That yes. is what works.
0: Incredible, incredible. Uh this is this is a revolution that definitely we are we're going to be working together and I can see this uh pathing, path uh, you know, the, the roadmap ahead of us is going to be a good one. Um yeah. it, we are. We are in in the midst at the moment of trying to uh, wake the schools up because we see one of the things. Oh my gosh! The schools are, and there's two. There's two places where we can't believe, can we, Luke? I mean, you want to say the two yeah. places that we see are just where there should not be any sugar for sure.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and my, as as you know, uh, I mean, we we've, we've discussed the whole schools campaign, and my son's uh, children, uh, the children at my son's school, they're all cooking now uh, with, uh, with with without product and uh, making cookies and, and cakes with it so that they can become sugar free as a school yeah, yeah. it's and a big revolution
0: we a revolution and also we see we see i this is something that's incredible to me as a healthcare professional in the uk we have uh, a free at, at the service point um, uh, healthcare we have the nhs the national health service and um, we send people into hospital um, to you know, have their operations, whatever it is, it's hard to actually uh, stay overnight in hospital in the UK, even if you've had surgery, just because there are no beds. <laughs> so, mm. so, But if you are an inpatient in hospital, um, you will have a sugary diet pretty much, uh, unfortunately. Just
2: make me crazy. Just go and, and just uh, make me think- crazy. <laughs>
0: We had a family, a relative recently that was in hospital, a diabetic relative, a type one diabetic relative who was being given porridge with toast and juice for breakfast. And I was like, wait, wait, what are you doing? This is a diabetic person, but apart from that, what are you doing
3: giving this food to the people? You know, I
2: had a, a, uh, I was hit by a van actually about, oh, three and a half years ago coming up yeah coming up to four years and i could not get it i was determined i'm not going to eat inflammatory food i had a brain injury oh. and i had to fight tooth and nail to get uh, uh, to get food on my plate that did not have a refined carbohydrate or dairy on it Ooh. and there was one night when i had been moved from the icu back to a regular ward and you don't call it the ICU, intensive care unit. Yeah, yeah, we, know,
3: we do. We do okay. That. Okay.
2: Um, and there had been a nurse in the ICU who just did this. She just called and fought with the cafeteria. I could hear her fighting with the cafeteria, and she would get clean food. And the nurse at the in the regular ward had not a clue. I had to order outside the hospital to get clean food.
0: Unbelievable. But I
2: tell you, it was worth it. This is a great story. <laughs> You think, oh, you know, diabetes, blah, blah, blah. Diet-related diseases, high blood pressure, heart disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's processed foods. No. So I was I was pretty pretty badly injured.
3: Um,
2: and the, so I was in the emergency room and they're looking me over and the doctors come in and they say, don't plan on going home from the hospital. You'll need two weeks of rehab at least. And I said, oh, "Oh, okay. And then they started testing me what you know, doing the baseline, getting the baseline data together. And then three days later, that was a Saturday night on Wednesday afternoon, they came into my room. You can go straight home. And that is somebody who does not have inflammation, That's right. whose immune system is working, who has enough protein in her body to build muscle and skin et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And and probably kind of a hard head. <laughs> so even though I had a brain injury, I was still like functioning. But this is this is every aspect of life, your intelligence, your ability to think. I mean, we see research, for example, that the frontal lobes of obese children are smaller. Mm why not because of any other reason than the, but the blood flow they're addicted which explains the obesity and the blood flow has not been reaching the frontal lobe because it's been pulled off by these hyperactive uh addicted pathways yeah so this is real it's very real it's very deeply much. disturbing
3: um
2: and it's it just yeah. gets worse now that we're making the connection so we have new evidence for the plastics being endocrine and metabolic disruptors. And we have had we have long-standing evidence for processed foods disrupting those pathways.
0: Unbelievable. And, and when
2: you think of it being compounded, it's just oh my gosh.
0: Combination. Yeah. And and, and one of the things that I we are really passionate about as well, Luke, isn't it? We see that the hospitals and the schools, places where they're just filled with processed foods and sugar. Um, and then, you know, we see, uh, you know, we see this toxic diet industry. So we've got this this kind of dichotomy between the sort of, you know, um, diet industry and then toxic food industry. And in this horrendous sort of people are pushed between one and the other, and they just don't know. You know, it, it, I'm, Oh, if I'm if I'm eating this, I'm being bad. I'm being bad. So it's all of this kind of self-loathing culture as well around eating, and it's just it's it's horrendous. So we want to break yeah. that toxic cycle. People,
2: people have been traumatized by treatment, by a doctor leaning over the desk and saying, "Now I just have one egg for breakfast. Couldn't you do that too?" Mm just totally missing the whole diagnosis and people dying from it. You know, I am not going to treat you. I'm not going to do any tests until you lose the weight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that kind of discrimination against a particular body shape.
0: Absolutely.
2: So we actually, we launched a new community this year. It's called the Remission Optimistic Community because Mm -hmm. of exactly what you're talking about. Over the five and a half years that we've been focused on Really comprehensive surround immersion, which is the right level of care for severe addiction. Uh, We keep noticing out of the corner of our eyes that all these incurable diseases are going away, diseases that are defined as incurable. Well, diabetes—that's—that's. I mean, not surprising. Um, Blood pressure, not surprising, but depression, anxiety. Violent behavior, uh, irritable bowel, Crohn's, fatty liver, reproductive issues,
3: um, And of the inflammatory diseases, asthma, and and so on and so on. Well, processed foods cripple cell function. Absolutely, they, they there's too much fat and sugar
2: being consumed. The cell is Literally filling up with the trash from processing too much fat and sugar, and it's low quality fat, and so the membrane of the cell, which is made of fat droplets, does isn't able to work, and that's how it communicates with other cells. There are um, the mitochondria in the cell can't move around because the amount of trash in the cell and do their jobs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And here's the most amazing piece of this is when you take out the sugars and flowers and you also have to deal with stress because the addiction is counterbalanced by stress and stress is counterbalanced by the pleasure pathways. You've got this dance going on up there. And when you're stressed, your blood isn't going moving around your body. It's going to your big muscles so you can fight or flee. So You've got to do both pieces. You've got to be in this very gentle, compassionate, kind, skillful, environment where people are explaining to you why this is not your fault and not not that's not your fault either um and then when with with all of your cells functioning the way they're designed i can put anything into remission
3: yeah incredible kindness as long as you
2: haven't uh, had it removed or lost it in an accident or were born without it We've seen all kinds of things start to work again. So that's a whole nother exciting piece of this. And why? Why would the medical industry say that something's not curable when we see easily it is curable? Well, it's another business model. So in the early 1900s, when the U.S., John D. Rockefeller adopted this scientific medical curriculum, they needed... uh, They needed to protect their growing pharmaceutical industry. So they went around to the licensing boards and made it illegal for doctors to talk about other modalities like breath work, like visualization, like meditation, like qigong, like socializing. They made it illegal for doctors to talk about it. And they even got the legislatures to pass laws against quackery so that's what we've discovered as the peer support i mean we would never talk about medications or surgery that's not our job but we just saw people getting better from just being in a community and a whole range of things get mental emotional behavioral as well as physical skin problems clearing up so we're having a lot more fun now we so we 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 have our basic addiction recovery community, addiction reset community, and all the services there and the the 15 to 17 hours a day of, prog- of broadcasting. And now we have this other group over here which is more intensely um, creating health, very specifically creating health um, to put specific diseases into remission. But why would a disease be called incurable? Oh, because the pharmaceuticals can't cure it, pharmaceuticals are good for very specific things, yes. and uh, addictions are not one of them. Yeah. So this is also really exciting. Um, cancer, cancer is the big one. Yeah. Oh, you know, go home and get your affairs in order. Screw you! I'm going over here to the recovery community and get some other modalities. Yes. Yeah. So we're we're always rocking. We're always doing something new and. It's always based on science.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. Oh, um, I mean, we are so inspired by you, Dr. Iftan. today. Oh, I'm glad. This is not gonna be our last conversation for sure. <laughs> Thank you, Thank I, can you. See, I can see Luke in the background yeah. smiling and you must be bursting to ask a couple more questions really before we go. We sure.
1: Well, I mean, it's been incredible, and I think that um, it's such a, a great learning curve. And the thing for us as well on our journey is meeting incredible people like you and talking about these topics, because it, it's not really until we deep get deeply involved with actually what's going on, and and that's why I asked the question earlier on about you know what can families start to do in order to try and break away from that sort of clutch of the processed foods, and you know, and I, I, I'm guessing that. Um, you know, getting into, you know, the, going back to more natural foods and trying to break away from anything processed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I mean, yeah. We, we have a website, Food Addiction Resources. Yeah. Right. And you can get yeah. a list of processed foods off that website. But the main thing is go to, to processedfoodaddiction.com, take mm. the self-quiz, get on our email list. Yeah. You're absolutely, so if you wanted your child to get off of alcohol. Yeah. 12 year old who had managed to become addicted to alcohol because all their friends are drinking alcohol, yeah. you would keep it out of the house.
3: Yes, you would, you yes. would
2: not drink it in front of him or her.
3: No,
2: no, you no. wouldn't let them go to drinking parties no. and you wouldn't let them wear alcohol, clo- you know, alcohol logo clothings. And no. you would find friends for them that also were not drinking. They would be in a recovery program. Yes. So, um, yeah, I think if sugar is crystallized alcohol, yeah, much worse. Yes. So keep it out of the house Yeah, keep and, house. and you know, lay down the law with the teacher. You are not allowed to give my child um, processed foods. Hmm. Can you remember, be careful. If you just say no sugar, they'll, they'll, this is something else. So let's talk about addiction transfer. Addiction transfer. So those cigarette companies, they saw, oh, people are going to be getting off of cigarettes and they're going to be eating more. We already had the research for that, right? People stop the nicotine. They'll just slide right over to sugar and fat. So if you don't treat the addiction and if you don't get all the substances onto your list, you will find people getting off the sugar and picking up fat. And we see this in the keto community. So keto is get off the sugar and use fat. And that works for a while. And then the person whose addiction has not been treated, so they don't have thought control. Pretty soon, their, their fat consumption is going up. And then the sugar addiction, which has not been treated and therefore is incubating, it's just gone to sleep. It wakes up again. And now you have a virulent addiction of sugar and fat. And that'll kill you.
3: Yeah. Yes, so
2: the- be careful, will you? If yeah. you want... Ask me, and I'll send you a paper that I've written on this, with all the evidence for how sugar addiction on a on a sugar-free. Anytime you start to restrict carbohydrates, particularly refined carbohydrates, given the the presence of high fat foods out there, it's just tragically easy for the person to transfer that sugar or flour, because flour is a refined carbohydrate, to transfer that over to fat. Mm
1: because one of the things i was going to say also as well that i see and it's very troubling and that is that where there's a parent with an addiction they they also you know are buying their own children they're feeding their children on the bad foods as well because they've got the problem themselves so treating it at that level is something Mm -hmm. that seems to be very key
2: misery well they don't know any better i mean it's not their fault This is something that's very hard for practitioners to do. Um, I know in my own community, if somebody is not successful, I lean way back and I say to myself, huh, what did I not do? What did I not do? Not, oh, no, they're lazy here. No, no, you know, they never really got it. No, no, what did I not do? Everybody wants this plenty. They work hard, they try hard, they spend gobs of money on it. And they're, they're programs that were broken from the beginning, programs that never could have. Dieting makes uh, food addiction worse because it wakes up another part of the brain, the food seeking brain, the fear of famine brain.
3: Yeah.
2: The, I'm not going to let you die of starvation brain. I'm going to make you look for food every minute of the day brain. Yeah. Yeah. Now you have these hyperactive reward centers, and now you have, oh, it's just like,
0: it's toxic. It's very, very toxic. It's a toxic yes. cycle, and we we absolutely think that uh, that you know we need to be uh, part of breaking those cycles. And one of Yay. the th- that, one of the things that we we realised, I mean, although we have a, a you know our business is, is is bringing a sugar replacement. However, what we realised very early on is that you can't replace one addiction. We don't want to have part any part in addiction at all. What we thought is actually that. Community, education and support is the core of our business and replacing the the sugar, taking those things out. And after, once you stop eating the sugar and you stop eating the processed food, you stop craving it. So it becomes very irrelevant. That's
2: what people really need to know. You're not going to be fighting. And the cravings will get worse over the first four days and then they, they almost disappear. But be very careful about sugar substitutes. They have been shown to disrupt metabolism. So the taste tells the body of, the, of an artificial sweetener. The taste says, oh, a whole bunch of sugars coming in. The body really, the pancreas re- releases in a lot of insulin getting ready for it. And then there is no sugar. Mm-hmm. And then, the, nonetheless, the insulin is busy putting away all the blood glucose into the cells, and you get a blood sugar low. And now you've totally you know you do that repeatedly you will totally mess up the pancreas won't know what to do and so a big load of sugar is coming the pancreas says no 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 we've been through this before nothing's coming nothing's coming and then there it is and Mm -hmm. now the person has high blood glucose and they could die
0: yes well yeah uh,
2: artificial sweeteners are are also fatal and lethal in a different way
0: yes Yes, yeah. I mean, we definitely are very interested to to look at the science around those, and uh, we've got some. We got some scientific. Um, we've got some very important uh, news to be announced very soon about. Uh, oh, good. A very, good. Yeah, very big, very big studies. So that's really exciting. But I think the thing is, we see a solution being community-based solution so what you're you're saying is incredible we we are going to be definitely working and speaking to you more thank you uh, thank you that. do you have any closing questions uh luke
2: for, for... yeah well oh sorry closing questions luke
1: go on sorry go ahead carry on sorry
0: Yeah, i closed, like to end with that.
2: this is not your fault 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 i know better what anybody has ever said to you about your appetite or your behavior or the consequences none of it was your fault none of it yeah you never got the right treatment and our governments are standing by and letting these corporations
0: do this to us this is not your fault yeah amazing thank you so so much we are so grateful to have had you here you have blown us away with your um with your approach Um, And with the hopeful message, actually, that we actually can do something together as communities, blowing the lid on these countries and uh, that, uh, you know, the simplicity of the of of the answers are all there at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. If we want to reach out, we will be putting posting a link to your incredible resources and website. Thank you. If thank and, and we will definitely be seeing you again soon and we wish you all the best for all the amazing work long thanks make- again thank you thank so, so much,
3: much.
0: Thank take you. care guys
3: thank you bye-bye thank you
0: thank you for joining us on this sweet journey stay
1: inspired and sugar-free
0: tune in for more sweet liberation
3: insight
1: until next time live sweetly and stay liberated